On the Lollygaggers podcast, we don't subscribe to Dumpty Hunters or Carpet Monsters or Butterbutts, but we do subscribe to Justin's upcoming Can Jam, so stay tuned. In this episode, Justin goes basic with Smash Brothers Ultimate, while Jeff solves the mystery of a missing French accent in the council. The Gentleman's Challenge gets a little frisky and frosty with Cam and Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Welcome to the Lolly Irish Podcast, a show about all sorts of different things from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. How's it going, man? It's going all right. So um, I'm just going to jump right in because uh, I finished Night Flyers. So Night Flyers I talked about last episode. Uh, episode 36 it was uh, it's sci-fi's newest uh space science fiction exploration type movie or excuse me a tv show uh, it's based on george r. r martin's novella of the same kind and this yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. so like they've been doing this little experiment with how it's uh you know how they're going to release it because they're kind of playing with the whole binge idea they're not just letting all the episodes drop like a netflix show but they spent two weeks essentially i think it was like five of seven nights per week. I think it was a Sunday through Thursday. They would have a new episode each day. And so in two weeks, you get all, all 10 episodes. So when I did my review last week, it was through the first five episodes of the first half of the show. And now I have seen the second half. And I said, I wasn't really sure yet. I was kind of disappointed. And I'm here to say I continued to be disappointed. And I was aww, not particularly. Aww. Yeah. I. Uh, so just like, I'm not going to spend too much time on it so we can jump in other things. But ultimately, uh, I didn't think it was that good. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. It was completely inconsistent. The characters were poorly developed. Uh, there are a lot of illogical and hard-to-believe love stories that tangled up in all the mess. There's this whole AI storyline, to me, that was just nonsensical. Uh, and then, like, the one cool element that they're talking about, the Volker and this, like, uh, potentially alien species at the end that they're kind of driving towards was was for the vast majority of the season, kind of an afterthought to all these other silly things. The people who actually were on the ship were completely bad at their jobs and they, they created conflict by doing stupid things. Uh, it was a very frustrating show and it ended on a, on a bit of a cliffhanger. So there's going to be, a, I'm not sure if there's going to be a season two yet. Uh, we'll see. It wasn't just a one, uh, one shot. I know it wasn't, uh, it's not being particularly well reviewed. I'm not the only buddy, only person who's been kind of frustrated with it. I know the critics panned it pretty bad, but, uh, ultimately, yeah, it was pretty frustrating. I don't, I don't, I can't really recommend it. Um, I don't, I don't think it's that good. Uh, I think it's a, definitely an average to below average show. Like I, I don't even, yeah, there's, there's other shows, but it, that's been, that have been on sci-fi that I think are better. Um, that got canceled. So something like Dark Matter, for instance, from like two years ago, I thought was a much better show. And that got canceled after two or three seasons. Uh, Killjoys, I think, is a better show. This one is just, yeah, it's just, it could have been great. It could have been interesting. And it ended up just being kind of an, kind of irritating at times. So uh, so that's my quick follow-up, super quick follow-up from last week's episode. Hmm. So, that's sad. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really disappointed because uh, it was right up my alley. I love Event Horizon. Uh, I love space shows. Uh, I like horror and there's a lot of horror going on there, you know, so it had all the markings uh, or the makings of something that I, I would enjoy. But ultimately, I, I just I just it was it, I watched it all the way through the end and it just got really, got really irritating. There's this huge time jump at one point too, like this huge time jump, like an eight month time jump from between like episode six and seven or seven and eight. And I'm just like, well, OK, <laughs> and then like where you see the characters once you 
get to that time jump was just, I don't know. It felt pretty inexplicable. Uh, and I don't know why that that time jump needed to happen because some of the shifts in the way the characters were behaving at that point were weird. Yeah. So anyway, and I still don't understand. I mentioned last week how at the very beginning of the, of the series, they start in one location like in, at one time, and then they flash all the way back to the beginning and they start telling the story up until that point. And it's just, they did that purely for shock value. They didn't do it at all because there was something narratively interesting to do with it. It was purely for shock value to just kind of start in this way. So pretty, pretty disappointed uh, with it after, after all said and done. So anyway, don't, don't watch it. So maybe if they get a, maybe they get a season two, it'll get better. We'll see. Um, But I don't know. Anyway. So that was, uh, that finished up on Thursday. So I think we watched episodes nine, 10, we had saved up and watched them on Friday. So a couple days ago. So anyway, I've had a couple days to think about it. Still don't like it. Well, I, have been playing a lot of Smash Brothers because uh, it just came out on the uh, Switch, and I, I've had a Wii, I've had a Wii U, and the Wii U was one of the most. We can pause the recording, and you can you can go take care of that if you want. Uh, I've had the Wii Wii, <laughs> uh, but uh, those systems were really disappointing, especially the Wii U. There was like nothing for it the entire time it was out. The Wii was kind of revolutionary when it first came out, but the Wii U was garbage. Um, and I was waiting on getting a Switch. But we would, we did a lot of uh, traveling uh, for Thanksgiving. We're about to do some more here for Christmas, and um, it's a really great portable device to be playing with because, like, the way the Switch works, you know, you can put it in a main hub to play on your TV at you know really good high definition and stuff like that, or you can just walk around with it and use it kind of like a Game Boy. It's kind of what it almost seems like what Nintendo's been working for towards since the invention of the Game Boy for like the past like. 30 40 years so but I, I i'm enjoying it a lot we i got a smash um so basically a few things about it that makes it a little bit different than the other ones i've played all the other ones i i've never really taken it too seriously it's always been fun to just play with friends and this one is too but like what makes it different is there's 63 characters in this which is a buttload of characters and you can play them all like where other fighting games kind of stumble like Street Fighter, there was like 12 you started with, and every single other one of them you've had to buy since they came out, which is disappointing. Or uh, Injustice, the same thing. I think you started off with like 16 characters and the rest where you had to purchase through downloadable content and stuff like that. Do you have to uh, Do you have to unlock the characters, or are they just all available right off the bat? They'll unlock them, so like- it creates a replayable value. There's a, a, a main story mode uh, called Light Mode, and basically you can go through the storyline or you can just kind of like practice. And as you practice uh, new challenges approach, and basically those are your new characters. You really start off with, I think 10, but then you work to unlock the rest of them, but then you don't pay for it. There's no like DLC. It's just play through the game and eventually you'll get new characters, which I think is a better way to do it. And um, you know, it gives you a little bit replayability for the game. And so on top of there being 63 characters, there's 103 stages which it's nuts when you and all those are available out of the beginning like when you look at like choose your stage you want to play at it's just this huge board of games there's 103 stages there's going to be 11 new characters coming soon through downloadable content and i don't know if it's going to be like i'm not sure yet if it's going to be through money or if it's going to be just through uh time they just release these probably through money that's kind of want a little extra money uh, there's also gonna be five more stages so that's a a, a buttload of content for your, your normal game especially a normal fighter for just right at the start. Um, on top of that, there's 1,034 pieces of music in this game, which is nuts. And the music in this game is fantastic. It ranges from your classic 
Mario, Donkey Kong, and different stuff like that to techno technoized versions of them, modernized versions of it. And it just makes a, a plethora of fantastic music of all different types of games from Street Fighter to Castlevania to everything that's involved with the game. And that really is another thing that really excels in this game. There's so much great music in this game. So like, not only is it fun to play, but it's fun to just be a part of it. Like it's these little things in your head. Like you remember when you were a kid playing Mega Man or Street Fighter or Castlevania and like, like, man, I love these songs. And it's like great hearing that type of stuff. Um, right now there's no microtransactions. I'm assuming there's going to be something beginning or as time goes by, uh, there's really solid mechanics They've really updated throughout the times for like, um, like people really like the original Smash Brothers and Smash Brothers Brawl, but like certain things were happening and certain things changed between those that people disliked. So they kind of like adopted the old rules, I believe, uh, Smash Brothers Brawl. So it's like a really, really solid game playing mechanics. The online component, though, is a little bit sketchy. So they've had a lot of problems with their online stuff, which is the only sad thing because you think after all these years, uh, Nintendo would understand how online play works and that we're not in dial-up modems anymore. But matchmaking is terrible. So I'm looking up a lot of stuff on the matchmaking. What they do with their matchmaking, if you're just going online and trying to find a game out of nowhere, they do matchmaking based off of, of ping preferences and not off of like, um, like what you want to play. So let's say I want to play a game where it's just a bunch of uh, uh, like, items and play around and have fun they're not going to match me up with that they're going to match me up with whoever has the best ping in comparison to mine so i'm going to possibly get matched up with a guy who's trying to go pro uh on the circuit right or even worse for him he wants to try and practice pro level play and he gets a bunch of items or i'll get thrown into a, like say i want to do pro level play i'll get thrown into a brawl against seven jigglypuffs and they're all just kind of just screwing around and singing and throw the, and like there's no consistency of what you're kind of looking for and what you want to play um the, the the matchmaking is terrible uh when it's just straight open on top of that the la there's a lot of lag it's really really bad which makes it really really difficult to play competitively or it just causes an issue with you know just friends playing with them when i was playing with uh gabe and ruben it was fine there was a little bit of lag here and there but again we're just trying to learn we're not trying to go competitive or anything like that or i'm not trying to practice to be like super link or whatever but like i could see this being a tremendous issue across the board like you're you're going in for one thing you get something completely different you can't control what's going on because they're just matching based off of ping preferences and not off of of gamestop preferences um so yeah that's the biggest problem with the game so far and hopefully they'll they'll fix that over time but you know as games go for nintendo this is one of the best like crossover like kid entry level games and because smash is a huge community in uh e-gaming and stuff like that it's like one of the biggest ones and it looks like it's really doing a good job of, of starting that whole circuit as well but there's a lot of work that to do through the online stuff but uh i love it so far um i've been playing a lot of link because uh i'm what you call a basic so i'm trying to figure out someone funny to play or someone ridiculous uh I also played a little bit of uh, Simon from Castlevania. He's all right, but I don't know. I always I learned from Gabe. You never play someone who's on the cover of the box. So I'm trying to That's find good someone advice. who's I, weird. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'm trying to find someone who's weird, and there's 63 of them. So hopefully I can find someone who's interesting. Um, uh, so I refuse to ever play Mario. I'm trying to find something different. So 
Anyways, Smash is great. I love it. It's uh, I've been playing it in my bed while my wife's been sleeping next to me, and she just tells me cut it out, go to bed. So that's a that's that's a, a recommendation from me, but a non recommendation from my wife because she just wants me to put that thing down. So, anyways, pick it up at your local uh, Smash uh, Switch GameStop today. Yeah, it's a GameStop. Anyways, yeah, and in other places. Uh, I also have a video game to uh, to talk about. So oh, I. Yeah? Ha- yeah, I have. I've been eyeing this game uh, for a while. Justin, you know that I love Telltale games, and I was very sad when Telltale uh, basically announced that they were not, you know, a thing anymore. Uh, so I like those types of games, these sort of narrative adventure style games that aren't really based a lot on like developing a great deal of mechanical skill. And it's just more about like the narrative interaction and stuff like that. So uh, so I'm eyeing this game called The Council. It's by Big Bad Wolf. They're the name of the developers, and it's published by Focus Home Interactive. And the council falls uh, in the footsteps. I mean, that, that might be kind of condescending to say that, but like it falls in sort of the footsteps of Telltale Games and that it is an episodic, uh, I think it's five episodes total uh, adventure game in which uh, every couple of months they would release a new episode. And I don't really like getting in on episodic games until all of the episodes have been released. Uh, and this December, just a couple of weeks back, episode five was released. And so I purchased the council about a week ago. I think it was on sale. It might be a little bit more than a week ago. Uh, it was $30 normal, but then I think I got it for around 15 or so. But it's right now it's 30 bucks on Steam. It might be cheaper if they have like a winter sale coming in. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, so, but I, got, I grabbed it on sale for like the, the fall sale or something like that. So anyway, the game takes place uh, in the late 18th century. I think it's 1793. And it brings together, it's, it's semi-historical, but also fictional. So it's like historical fiction in a way. And so we see a lot of familiar historical figures like George Washington and Napoleon and a variety of others. Uh, and they, they, including your own personal character, are dr- are invited to an island for this special conference uh, of, uh, I guess, the titular council, so to speak. And it's kind of like this hidden powers that be that are looking to shape the world. So they're trying to 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 create some sort of project. There's this man called Lord Mortimer, who is kind of this mystery mystery figure who has invited he's a big player who is trying to orchestrate something to some some sort of changes into the way in which kind of france is evolving and the u.s is evolving when you know that kind of thing so i won't get into like the specifics of what he's looking to do but that's the, basically the idea now you play as louis de Richet, uh, and i pronounce it like that for a reason but i'll get to that in a minute uh, but you play as louis uh, who looks like uh you know like ichabod crane basically and uh, you are going to look for your mother because your mother has gone missing and Lord Mortimer contacted you to let you know this uh, and that some that she was on the island and for some reason she disappeared and they haven't been able to find her. And so Louis is uh, is being brought out to the island to also uh, help with the search and maybe get his mother, Sarah, uh, to come back and, and, uh, and hopefully she's okay. And so that's the whole reason you're there. Now, what follows is a very complicated and uh, complicated narrative intrigue so there's all sorts of politics that go on and what, what ends up happening is you have a series of encounters so if you think about the way that like role-playing games work 
uh, at least tabletop role playing games, there's a variety of encounters. And the most common that we think of is like fighting encounters. Like we use like this, we, we, we have combat, we're fighting monsters, we're fighting goblins, but that's not the case with this game. This game focuses instead on the other two, other two kind of pillars, other two concepts, and that's social, social encounters and uh, puzzle encounters. And so in this game, you're doing a lot of talking and you're doing a lot of engaging conversation and trying to figure out who's lying, uh, what people's ulterior motives are, who are they aligned with? Um, you're trying to solve various mysteries and sometimes you're also trying to figure out some puzzles. Now, where and, and, the, and Telltale Games is, is similar to this to some degree, but I feel like the, I think the council does it better in the sense that the underlying motives of people are far more intricate than they are in Telltale Games, which tend to be a little bit more surface oriented. And they also don't have that kind of super cheesy uh, like upper left-hand corner, like, you know, Lee's going to remember that or something like that, you know, whenever you answer the wrong way. Um, now, one of the ways, the other ways I think that the council does a really good job of iterating on kind of the telltale formula is by incorporating more RPG elements. And so there are classes, like you can actually play one of three different classes that you're asked to choose at the start of the game. You can choose a cultist, uh, which is what I chose, detective or diplomat. Um, because there's not only is there a lot of political intrigue, there's also a lot of like occultism that's going on, like erudition and like weird kind of like mystical stuff, science stuff, religion stuff, all sorts of undertones uh, here and there. Um, and all of these different classes have a bunch of different skills that are associated with them. There's there's a whole mess load, so I'm not going to get into every single one. But like for occultism, for instance, there's science, there's manipulation, there's erudition, um, there's subterfuge, uh, and would, over the course of the game based upon the tasks that you accomplish in each chapter of each episode, you gain, you know, you, you, you gain levels. And then when you get a new level, you have skill points to distribute. You can kind of figure out which skills that you want to pick up. Now, these skills are beneficial in a lot of, a lot of uh, conversations because you're able to kind of, for psychology, for instance, read a person's behavior or with subterfuge, you can kind of observe like strange things that might be off or just do something really simple, like pick locks or whatever. Um, then there's things like politics, which allows you to more deeply engage in a conversation when it has to do with politics. And so maybe, you know, a little bit more, um, for me, I had occultism, which allowed me whenever we were talking about topics that were related to theology or mysticism, I was much more, uh, you know, abreast of the situation and I was able to more deeply engage. Now, the other thing, which is really interesting is that these skills are associated with vulnerabilities and immunities with all the other characters. And there's a bunch of different characters in the game that you're going to encounter. Um, like I already mentioned a few of them, George Washington's one, Napoleon's another, but there's, you know, Jake, there's Johann von Volner. There's, uh, uh, there's Emily Hillsborough, who I'll get to her in a minute. Um, and there's, these aren't necessarily all incredibly well-known historical characters. Again, it's historical fiction. So they take a lot of license with some of this stuff. Um, but the point is, is that there's all these different NPCs and each of them have different vulnerabilities and immunities to the skills that you have. And so some of them are vulnerable to being manipulated by your manipulation skill, whereas others might be immune to your logic skill. So like talking to the representative of the Holy of, of the of the Pope basically is there, not the Pope, but like his representative is there. And he's essentially immune to erudition and logic, which is kind of funny. Um, so if you try to use logic on him, if you try to go through like that basic dialogue tree that you get when you're in these kind of role playing games and you choose the one that's associated with logic while you're speaking to the Pope's representative, it's not going to work because they're immune to hearing you talk about logic. Whereas other people, if you choose their vulnerability, you're going to be more successful. Now, some of these conversations that you have are just straight up conversations and others are actually uh, are actually these confrontations like they're literally called confrontations and they're 
Um, and it's, it's a, it's a very serious moment where you have to try to succeed and you can only have so many blunders during the conversation before you fail that confrontation. Um, and so like it kind of tracks your, your choices. And so if you make a lot of poor choices in, in a in a string of conversation, then you can have a bad result. But if you make a lot of good choices and you don't have blunders, then you have a good result. You have a positive result. Maybe you convince the person to align with you politically, or maybe you have convinced this person to do something that you want to do, et cetera. So it's a really interesting way of taking what, you know, some of these other games that have been in this kind of episodic model and adding some game gamification to it. Like there's more to it. Like you actually get to tailor your, your, your character a little bit more as opposed to just sort of picking choices. Like you can read, like I wanted to be somebody who was particularly well-known in occultism and science and all that kind of stuff. I didn't really care so much about the politics. I, I cared more about kind of the science conversations. And so when, you know, when all sorts of political conversations broke out, I didn't really do as well. But when uh, all the conversations about occultism or science or theology started happening, I was pretty well, uh, well suited for those. Uh, now, in addition to skills, there's also things like talents and traits, which also uh, affect how your character plays. Uh, talents are um, talents are a little bit different. Uh, there's all sorts of like little skills that you can potentially get. Um, over the course of the game based upon how successful you are at doing certain activities. So if you like answer a question um, correctly a certain amount of times in a row, you gain a benefit. Uh, or if you manage to win a certain amount of conversations in a row, you gain a benefit, that type of stuff. And there are minor benefits, but they're still nice benefits. And then there's also traits, which are sometimes positive, sometimes negative. And those, you don't really know how they're going to happen. They just sort of happen. Um, I imagine if you play it a second time through, you can predict it, obviously. But And they're based upon some of the decisions that you make. Like if you manage to convince somebody to do X, then you might gain plus one to this skill later on. And so a lot of that's hidden. But again, it's another way of the game creating or tailoring their character to you. And so you're not just playing the same character that everybody else is playing, but you have that that role playing component to it, which is really, really nice, in fact. Um, so the game, again, is mostly it's it's chapter based and episode based. So each episode is broken up into like three chapters or so, give or take. And you try to, uh, you know, complete certain tasks within that chapter. Again, there's a lot of story in it, so I don't really want to get into the story too much in case people want to play it. I don't want to ruin a story for you because it's actually a pretty interesting story with all sorts of twists and turns and betrayals and backstabbings and surprises and such and red herrings and such like that. Um, so well, the, I do think the story is really interesting, but the game system is, I, I think it's a wonderful iteration and evolution of like tell formula that we've seen with this kind of episodic, uh, narrative adventure style. Now, there are a couple of annoyances I had with the game, but I was able to like, kind of overlook at them. I think the biggest one is the voice acting from the guy who is Louis de Rocher. So you play as Louis de Rocher. Justin, if I if I were to tell you the name Louis de Rocher, who do you think, uh, or where do you think this person might be from? Uh, New Jersey. <laughs> New, Jer from New Jersey. Sure. Yeah, that's that's incorrect. The correct answer is uh, is France, and so he's supposed to be. France, oh yeah, France too. Yeah, as is his mother, and they have absolutely no nowhere close to a French accent. It's like not even remotely close, uh, and so that's a little bit frustrating. Uh, it does. It, I think it, it pulls me out, and not only that, but there's a lot of my uh, immersion. No, <laughs> I think there's a lot of like modern day 
like speech, like colloquialisms that pop out from time to time, it's really inconsistent. So I think the dialogue in the game can be very inconsistent from the main character's perspective. And also whenever you're encountering his mother, it really is strange, especially when you talk to some of the other characters, like when you talk to Napoleon, well, Napoleon has a French accent. And, uh, and so when you talk to like the guy who's Prussian, well, he has kind of a central or Eastern European accent that could be passable for Prussian. And when you talk to Emily Hillsborough, who's supposed to be from Great Britain, she has a British accent. So there's consistency with a lot of the side characters who I think do a really good job. And like Lord Mortimer, he does a really good job as well. But like just the lead voice, it's just it's it doesn't fit. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, and there are some really silly times when they like he tries to like scream or yell, where it just sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I mean, I got over it, obviously. Well, then the other thing I would I should say is that there is a really blatant uh, placement of cheesecake uh, in this game with Emily Hillsborough character, uh, who if you if you ever Google or if you ever look up uh, this game like on Steam or something like that, you can see the array of characters. You know exactly what I'm talking about. She's the ridiculously well-breasted uh, woman uh, who wears incredibly low, like strapless, uh, strapless dress. And at a certain point, she's just kind of prancing around in, in, in her underwear at a certain uh, in, during one scene, you know. So it's like, you know, which is like I'm I'm totally fine with like you know sexy sex stuff. You can do all sorts of things like that, but it just felt really out of place at times. Like it just felt really strange to see it, especially it's supposed to be like this cold nighttime, and she's just wandering around, you know, com- you know, completely bare shouldered, and she's totally fine while all the dudes are dressed in like crazy layers. Um, so I don't know. I, it's one of those things where I just feel like, was that necessary? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, does, that, does that help things? I, I'm not really sure. But um, again, those are two gripes I had, but they are small gripes in comparison to what over otherwise I think is a fantastic game. Uh, I am almost done with it. I in, Justin and I plan to, to record here at like noon or so my time on Sunday, and I'm about... 20 minutes away from finishing the game. I'm on like chapter two of three in the fifth episode. And so I think, or no, I just finished chapter two. So I'm about to finish the game at the very, very end. And I'm already interested in kind of playing it again to see how my choices uh, change the ending because apparently there's some fairly uh, large uh, differences. And like I said, the story has some really cool surprises and it goes in places you might not have expected. It starts to incorporate a lot of different elements that, um, you know, it might surprise people like it really will, um, I think, at times. So I highly recommend it. If you're a person who likes the Telltale type games, definitely give the council a look. Uh, if you wait a week or so, whenever Steam decides to start their winter sale, I'm hoping it'll go on sale again so more people will pick it up. Uh, and so that uh, Big Bad Wolf can go ahead and make a second one of these, maybe the Council 2 or another type of game uh, and pick up uh, the the void that is now left in my my adventure game heart. Uh, so that's the council by Big Bad Wolf uh, available now. All right, man, sounds great. All right, so with our little video games done, let's go ahead and do our challenges for the week. And now it's time for the gentleman's challenge. So the Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on the Lollygaggers podcast where Justin and I like to give each other a homework assignment. This homework assignment is usually some sort of uh, movie or TV show that we have to watch or a video game or uh, that we have to play or a comic that we have to read. Uh, sometimes we give these homework assignments to drive the other person crazy. And sometimes we give these homework assignments just to let the other person have a little fun. Uh, but whatever the goal is, uh, we ensure that the other has completed said homework assignment by coming back on our next episode and quizzing each other about it. 
Uh, we should also warn you that everything we talk about in this segment is completely spoiler heavy. We will not pull any punches. Uh, so if there's a movie that we're talking about that you want to watch on your own before you hear what we have to say about it, you might want to skip past and maybe move to the next one or just come back to the episode in a week or so after you've seen the movie yourself. Uh, with that warning out of the way, Justin, who's going first this week? I think it's got to be you because I went first last week. So go ahead, man. All you. All right. So let's talk about this little movie that just popped up on the old uh, on the old Netflix. It's called Cam, C-A-M. And it's not a person's name. It's based upon the concept of Cam Girl. So this is uh, it's directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Uh, it's got writing credits for Issa Mazai, Goldhaber, and then an Isabel Link-Levy. Uh, from what I gathered from the old Wikipedia, Issa Mazai apparently had experiences as being a cam girl. If you know what a cam girl is, uh, it's it's um, I don't want to call it. It's like porn. me on Twitch. It's, me on it's Twitch. yeah, it's like it's like not like so the main character is uh, is played by Madeline Brewer. Her name is Alice Ackerman and she's a cam girl name is Lola. So it's basically Twitch. In the sense that where you're watching other people do things, but instead of like watching a person play a video game or something like that, you're doing more suggestive things. And so there's a lot of uh, sexual. I do that on my Twitch stream too, though. Oh, I hope so. not. That's probably why you do. That's probably why no one watches. I'm just gonna go that ahead and say it. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. That's what I've been doing wrong. Right. So yeah. So basically, she is. Yeah. She she, she works uh, as a cam girl. She makes decent money. She has enough to ha have her own house or or, or uh, rent her own house, a fairly large house. And she does all of these different shows. And uh, on this uh, this site that she works on, uh, which is Free Girls Live, uh, there's like a competition or a ranking system. And she is a little bit obsessed with increasing her rank. And so in doing so, she creates these fairly elaborate shows. Uh, like she had a suicide show where she faked killing herself and there's others that are like date night. And then there was like jazzercise night and stuff like that, where she, you know, all sorts of different things. So anyway, the point is, is that this is, this is what she does. Um, it's non nudes, but there are times in which nudes, nudity does actually happen. So there's a lot of sexuality in here. So this is definitely not the type of movie that you want to let like an eight year old watch. Uh, this is definitely something that's uh, adults only, I would imagine uh, considering the content. Um, now, the movie begins with her, uh, Alice Ackerman, who's, whose online name is Lola. That's, that's her kind of channel ID. Uh, at least that's her, that's her, um, that's, I think, I think it's just Lola. And then she has a login. that's like Lola, Lola or something like that. But Lola is her name uh, online and she's trying to get higher and higher up the rank. And so initially she's just trying to break the top 50, which she's fairly close to. Uh, and so she has like a little date night thing where she's sitting down and she's eating a steak and people start to get her to do stuff. And then she gets and she breaks into the top 50, but she's even more and more obsessed with this and she wants to go higher and higher up. So she keeps pushing, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries here and there um, at a certain point, because she's so desperate to get back into the top 50 after one, uh, a fellow cam girl kind of sabotaged her, um, her ranking. Um, she, she goes to uh, ride what's called the Vibratron. And that gets her to go up even higher and higher and higher uh, safely within the top 50. But in doing so, this draws the attention of some sort of, I'm not, we're not entirely sure because the, the movie never really tells us. It's, it's either some sort of AI, some sort of company that just sort of copies her or something like that. Not really sure. But what ends up happening is her, can't, her, her online persona and her channel get 
uh, taken over by somebody else that looks exactly like her. And so when she wakes up one morning after, I think, the Vibratron night, uh, she goes to log in and she sees that her channel is live. And so she she looks at what's going on in her channel and it's somebody that looks exactly like her doing the very things that she would normally do. And so it becomes this weird mystery of like, what's going on? Like this is this is stolen identity taken to the extreme because this person isn't just taking like, you know, her, who, who you know, her, her documents, but it's actually looking directly like her. And now she starts freaking out because all the people on the channel think it's her and everything's live. This isn't like a recording. She even tries to communicate with whoever it is that's taken over her, um, you know, her identity and her channel. And it's, it's live. Everything's really happening. And it's, it's, it's really peculiar. And there's like no explanations. And it looks like she's kind of going crazy. Now, all the while, she's having problems, a little bit, some sort of problems with her, her family. She's avoiding telling her mother exactly what she does. Her younger brother knows uh, at a certain point. Some of her younger brother's friends find the channel, and that becomes kind of a big uh, family blow up. Uh, the mother actually is surprisingly supportive of it all. But um, but yeah, so there's like that whole other storyline going on with her home life. But that's not a huge element, I don't think. Um, there's also two specific uh, fans who frequent her channel and help tip, uh, to, to get the ranking higher. Cause that's essentially what happens. It's, it's a lot, you know, you're, you're getting coins. So she's just giving coins. these uh, some sort of digital money and that increases her rank. Well, two of the, the best tippers, um, I think it's Tinker boy and Barnacle Bob and the two. So she meets the two of them now, Tinker, Tinker, uh, the Tinker guy, he's a little bit, um, how do I put this? He's a little stalkery. Um, and he, He's kind of one of those uh, passive guys who you think he's a nice guy, etc. Um, but he he moves to her town, um, or which I think is I think is Phoenix, by the way. Um, but uh, he uh, he moves to her town and she runs into her. He runs into her like almost like he's talking her inside of a grocery store, and so she starts to get really suspicious about him. Um, she also meets up with Barnacle Bob, who is a very aggressive guy who feels like he's the one who um, who gets these women to the top because he, he drops a lot of money on it. Um, now, she's all trying to figure out exactly who stole her account. Um, and she's and it's super confusing because the you know, tech support won't help her. Eventually, her um, her account gets hijacked and so that she can't even get into tech support. And so when she gives like her account recovery number, the account recovery number gets like changed out as well and so she no longer has any action you know action whatever so she starts looking into it some more and it turns out that the highest uh the highest ranking female on the list the highest woman she like there's this little subtle line that's mentioned fairly early in the movie about how no one really knows how she could make it um uh baby girl or something like that is like the number one cam girl and she 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 how do i put this she, her, her other persona, like this Lola's other persona, who, whoever has stolen her, her identity decides to have like a crossover event with baby. And this proceeds to let her give her an opportunity to kind of maybe trick Barnacle Bob into getting some information because she's trying to track down who specifically um, the, the baby girl woman is. And it turns out Long story short, that the baby, the the the, the woman who whose visage, who's the, the like when you look at her on the video, like who she actually is, she's dead, and she died uh, like six months ago or something like that in a car accident. Um, but yet somehow, inexplicably, like she's her cam channel still going on, it's still online, and then like there's an online 
like duo where the two of them are like hanging out together and 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 it's in her house and so everything that's that's happening on this channel while she's watching this little meetup between baby girl and cam's alternate stolen persona is happening inside her house while she's in her house and it's but she doesn't see anything like she can only see anything on on uh, on the video itself it's very strange and it's very it's very peculiar and there's like this this Per, you know, pervasive sense of terror and fear like that something creepy and crazy is going on now ultimately what happens is she tracks down tinker boy um because she thinks it's tinker boy she thinks she's the one that's doing it because when she starts going back through all of these other top 50 girls and she's seeing all these girls who happen to use like the same turn of phrase that happened in the video something about a fireman like she, like the firefighter is supposed to like lighter fire not put it out or something like that and so she hears that phrase mentioned in a few different videos and so she starts linking that together and then it also turns out that tinker boy was like a fan of each one of them and so she thinks it's tinker boy but when she goes to like she goes to confront Tinkerboy at the motel near her home. Um, she's able to gain access to his computer and communicate directly with the woman in a private chat, directly with the woman who uh, who has stolen her, her account. And the, the woman has no idea. She can't see her. So it's really strange. Like even though they both have like uh, like webcams and like they're staring at each other and they look exactly the same the the woman who has stolen cam's identity doesn't recognize her doesn't know she's there and so there's this idea like is it really a person or is it just an ai system no one really sure no no one knows for sure and so she concocts the scheme to like expose lola and like like the fake lola as being a fake and then in doing so she manages to steal back uh her account and yeah and that's it at the very and so at the very end after she steals back her account she cancels her account and then she starts it all up again after she heals a broken nose. And so that's Cam. So it's a weird movie, man. What uh, did think you think of it? it? I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I watched it this morning. What'd I liked think? it, actually. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I felt like the beginning took it took a little too long to get going. I thought it was a little bit obsessed with um, showing us uh, like the the world uh, as opposed to like getting to the st story faster. I, I, I really should look at the timeline for this, but it just felt like we were there for a while before like the turn happened, you know, that whole, whoa, someone just stole my account type of thing. It took a little too long. I felt like it could have been done maybe in about, you know, 10 minutes quicker. And then the ending was a little unsatisfying in the sense that we don't really understand exactly what it was that happened. Like, yeah, they never seem to really set up the rules properly yeah. and they never really seem to set up what happened or the conclusion properly. What happened to well, I think the, the rules are fine. I think, I think yeah. the rules are I don't know what you mean by that, but I mean, like at the end, we don't know who did it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They don't, they don't set up like what's, they don't really tell you what happened, like what, what just yeah. occurred, which is a little no, bit No, I, I totally agree. Like you get to the end and she, she tricks this entity, this, this AI, this whatever it might be into uh, getting her account back. And then she immediately cancels the account once she gets control of it. And then months later, she starts up a new account under a different name and it's like, well, okay, but like we never get any sort of answers into who and how, because we're led to believe via Tinker boy that this happens quite often. Cause he, he says at a certain point that he can kind of predict when girls are going to get copied. And we don't know what that means. Who's copying, you know, who, who's doing it? Like, is there, I don't necessarily yeah, know if it's using, is, it, is it the person, is it the company? Like, so the lack of not getting those answers was a little bit, a little bit frustrating. Um, so, 
those would be my two complaints. I felt like the the opening, they, I felt they wanted, they should have gotten to the turn a little bit faster. Um, but once they did get to the turn, I thought it was really, really interesting after that. And then the whole mystery of it was, it was, I was kind of like, it was kind of tense. And so it was a little slow in the beginning and then the end was a little unsatisfying. Uh, but it was a really interesting experience, to be honest. Like it was actually, uh, it was actually really, uh, really peculiar. Like really peculiar. I was, I was hooked the whole time. Like I was just, I, I never found myself wanting to like, because you know, sometimes we'll watch these movies that we challenge each other to. We're like, all right, let's just get to the next scene. So come up with another, another question. But like the whole time, I was like, well, I want to kind of see where this goes and what's going on. I, I was intrigued by it. Um, but like I said, though, the, the only thing that's a little frustrating is like or maybe they're even trying to set up like a, a sequel to this or something i just feel like there wasn't enough enough you know wrap up to the story to satisfy my own brain or maybe it's up for interpretation i don't know but that that's the only complaint i would have about the movie really so well I, yeah i mean i i don't know if they, i don't think they're setting up a sequel but i think the idea is more of a we they didn't feel the need to answer it it's not important or maybe like it's even more mysterious and creepy not to know you know, maybe those are the ways to look. Yeah, at it. sure. Um, yeah. But I guess, I don't know, my curiosity still because I was thinking all sorts of weird things because um, like, I mean, I, I assumed from the very beginning that it was some sort of AI. Maybe it was the company that had an AI or something like that in place that was able to kind of replicate and reproduce based upon like the behavioral uh, computations of what it's observed and what they've recorded of this particular person. And then they can then reproduce in some sort of phony way. I assumed it was something like that. I still don't know if that's true. That's just like in my own mind trying to get some sort of rationalization. There's also a lot of weird theological imagery going on. And maybe this might just be entirely coincidental. Because at one point, she, when she goes to visit Barnacle Bob at his hotel, his hotel has the address 666. So I'm like, wait, what? And then there's when she goes and visits Tinker Tinker Toy or Tinker Tinker Boy, um, there's like a, a crucifix on the wall. And like, I had all these weird theories and like since she faked being doing suicide in the beginning and she was doing all sorts of awful stuff maybe she and then died maybe or she died or something or like, yeah. And then like all this happened after she woke up, you know what I mean? And whenever I see yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so I'm trying to like rationalize it and make sense of it. Um, but I, I sure wish we would have gotten a little bit more hint at, uh, at what exactly was behind all this. So, but anyway, right. overall I do recommend it. I actually think it's a pretty particularly interesting movie. Um, so yeah, um, but there's there's some nudity, there's some violence, um, there's a certainly a some of, some nudity. Yeah. It's not a ton, and it's not like extraordinarily well. Some of I mean, some of it in the montage stuff is kind of is somewhat graphic for for the most part. I don't think it's particularly. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but it's certainly not for the prudish, uh, for sure. But yeah, but solid movie. I liked it. Are you ready for your quiz? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first question: What was her initial rank? The beginning of the, of the movie, which you start off with. Oh man, the number. Um, God, I think she was in the fifties. I want to say like fifty-seven or something like that. I'm not really sure. She was sixty-five. That was okay. Sixty-five. Yeah. First rank. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay. Because she lost like I think she lost like thirteen. The suicide prank got her like thirteen points or whatever, thirteen ranks, and that's what kind of got her like hungering for the top 50. So, all right, so right. that's the first question. Next question, what are her three rules? Her three rules. Uh, okay, so she doesn't fake orgasms. Of course uh, not. That's... Neither do I on my Twitch, never once. Okay, so she doesn't fake orgasms. Um, 
Oh, I remember this. What were the other two? Like, I remember oh, orgasms. Um, she does do crossovers. Uh, it was something with like, I can't remember exactly the name she used, but there's something about like set shows that she wouldn't do. Like when they were around, like when like her, her, little piece yeah 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 so that's you know so i can't like, remember the phrase yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like fine, phrase. it's fine I'll, okay. I'll give you that one so that's two of the three all right so what was the phrase that she used for that she says like, the phrase was no public shows that was her public phrase. shows that's what it was okay so yeah so there's that uh what was the third um hmm I mean, it's not no nudes because we see her nude a bunch. So that, like, that might be one of her rules, but that's certainly not. Oh, man, this is driving me nuts. Um, I feel like I should know this one. And no fake screaming, maybe? Something is that like your that? final answer? Final yeah, answer. I'll just go with that. I don't think I'm going to get a better one than that. You get two thirds on this one. Okay, uh, it's She doesn't say I love you. That's the only one she doesn't Oh, say. okay. Oh, shoot. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was the whole... So she doesn't say I love you. Nonsense. No okay. fake orgasms and no public shows. Um, sure. Which are my exact incidentally, same rules Twitch. Yeah. Incidentally, your, your same rules for your Twitch. Yeah? I'm, I leave standards for myself. <laughs> play it again. Okay. Next question. Um, right. Name the guacamole cheese tower that her and Barnacle Bob get. What was the name of the guacamole? They, call, they say it twice. Oh. Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. It was the guacamole queso suppresso. So okay. That, that was of all the things they quizzed me about, that is the dumbest thing. Because it's one of the dumbest things that they said multiple times really? in the movie. I'm going to go through some of the names of the people that are in her channel. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> I don't like all that. Here we go. Here we go. Dumpty Humpter, Carpet Monster, <laughs> Papa Dong, Butter Butt. The big Dumpty Humpter. I have to keep that one for future video games. Uh, <laughs> Ted Cumberbundy. <laughs> That's so awful. <laughs> That's so bad. Cooper Scooper, Dragon Balls, Giggle Guy. Uh, let's see. Dragon Balls, good one. A couple That's others. A so, yeah, you asked me about a guacamole thing that really didn't matter. But don't they said it twice. Who cares? Who cares? But, like, right. I saw the name Dumpty Humpter at least 100 times. That's a good name. Okay. All right, next one. So at the end of the movie, she gets to restart the her experience again, uh, despite uh, almost dying and having a very strange scenario with possibly AI or demonic presences. So she just decides to go straight back, same service. Uh, she starts up again, and when she starts up, uh, what is her new rank when she begins from uh, scratch again? Hmm. I have no idea. I know name was Evebot. I know her nose was kind of crooked. I know that she had some weird white leotard on and a white uh and a white uh wig. I don't remember her name. She changed her ID. But I don't have any idea. Uh it was a high number though, with commas. So there. She was somewhere around 160,000, which is surprising that there's 160,000 people all recording themselves uh, and people watching them, which I thought was ridiculously high for just one cam girl website. So I thought that was uh, uh, interesting, to say the least. So 160,000 
ish was her yeah i honestly have no idea uh about this culture like at all so it was kind of interesting uh kind of getting a little glimpse of it i don't know how popular it is or how many users there are um, but i felt like there were quite a few because this was only it only a lot of it seemed to be local too because she, she would go to a specific cam studio too so and it was only one site so yeah i don't know also another thing kind of hit me uh is there's a lot of um down the rabbit hole uh references in this movie too with like uh Allison and stuff yeah, yeah she's yeah. mad hatter she's mr uh, teapot yeah. yeah i think that may have something to do with some of the things that they're trying to do i thought that was really a strange thing and like he was tinker something and that's tinker you know, boy that's yeah disney related yeah, I mean, there was something going on, like the whole idea of through the looking glass, right? I mean, that's kind of the notion. Like she's she's through the looking glass, and she's like reflecting back on like this inverted uh, or, or perverted uh, kind of existence of her own. So yeah, there is some stuff going on there. I like that kind of interesting imagery. I'm not sure if a whole lot was ever really done with it. I think it might have just been like them doing some fun stuff on the side, or might might be just of what she was interested in. Like she was interested in the Alice in Wonderland stuff, but yeah. All right, finally, for the last question. Should I slam my face against the desk for more Twitch views? Do you think that'll get me over the 10 people that watch me on a regular basis? Uh, I mean, I've seen your face, so haven't you already done it? That's absolutely right. I don't know how you figured that question out. That one's absolutely right, too. I, I, this is what I do exclusively on my Twitch channel, is slam my face against the keyboard, still to no avail to anyone watching or being amused. So you got yourself... Uh, I'll give you, uh, you got one from that one. You got. Yeah, I didn't do too uh, well. This is a, this is like a Justin score normally, uh, which is inverted, like through the looking glass. So it all kind of goes together. I have to quickly right? change my quiz so that it's way harder and you can't beat me. So yeah, right, sounds good. You probably don't have to do much. You just have to do a normal quiz and I'll do the same thing I always do. So, all right. That was uh, Cam. So, All right. yeah. so what was your uh, assignment for this week? I had to watch uh, Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Snowman. Okay, so, so intro, before you get going, I had that idea. This is what I was going to do. I, was, I wanted to play it up last week to make it seem like I was going to give you the Michael Keaton movie. And they're going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, at the last second, I was going to pull the rug out and give you Jack Frost 2, uh, this horrible, ridiculous movie. And then for the quiz, I was just going to ask you quiz questions from the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He but plays the harmonica. That's all I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen the Michael Keaton Jack. I might have. I don't know. A while back. But anyway, tell the listeners uh, about Jack Frost 2. So Jack Frost 2 is written and directed by Michael Cooney. Um, it stars... Christopher Alpert as Sam Tiller. Um, he's a sheriff of a small community that went through the ravages of uh, Jack Frost one year prior. This is the one year anniversary. Um, I was completely lost in this film without seeing the first one. I just, I could not make heads or tails of it. It was very confusing. Uh, I feel like it's a very, um, it's like Lord of the Rings in the way, like you can't really watch the second one without watching the first one. I was completely lost. Like, I don't understand why people, no. Nah. This is a very standalone-ish dumb movie, and I loved it. So basically, Christopher Alport and his wife, uh, Eileen, were part of a small town that was ravaged by Jack Frost the year beforehand. And the way they stopped him was they poured antifreeze on him. 
because that's how you yep. get rid of ice. So they it's one year anniversary and they want to kind of like get away and go to uh, Island Escape where they can kind of relax. And while they're doing this, scientists, I guess, or government agents of some type dig up Jack Frost in his uh, antifreeze way and try and recreate him in a lab. And to no avail, they can't do it until a janitor comes in and bumps into stuff like 17 times because he's the most ineffectual person on the planet. That's why he's a janitor is because he's got no skills or talent and no future, right? <laughs> how that works? 90% of our viewers are janitors, Jeffrey. What are you doing? Uh, we don't have any viewers. We're an audio podcast. Sorry, 90% of our listeners are, are from the janitor community. Anyways, janitor knocks like a, a mug into a mug of coffee i think or hot cocoa they never said what it was into a solution that had jack frost in it or at least the liquid form of it and that brings him magically to life to be jack frost again how does that happen i don't know but who cares that's not what this is about so jack frost is drawn to the sheriff to try and kill him and get revenge we find out later why so he finds his way across the ocean and on his way across the ocean kills two poor guys that are dying on a raft anyways uh, to get a carrot because they were stranded and they were on a life raft and they were going to eat something. And when he opened up, there was a carrot inside and Jack Frost is like, oh, I need that for my outfit. So he kills them. And it's strange, but it's funny because basically each kill in this movie is like the most ridiculous thing. And it's basically like Jason X, but recorded with the same camera they did most porn with in the 90s. That's kind of what it seems like. So porn-like production is what we're talking like about. like an expert on 90s porn or something? I wouldn't say expert, but uh, 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 a curator, some might say. Uh, that's what I'd be more of. But anyways, uh, they end up over on this uh, island uh, that's run by... Uh, an old English uh, war vet that I guess fought people in India constantly and a guy from the islands. And uh, when they come over, there's just, like young college girls that are trying their first time away from parents. There is, uh, what was it? There was a model and a photographer. And then you have this whole family. So he, he, they're going to this island getaway for a, a honeymoon with their brother and his sister-in-law. And so he's still kind of, hung up on the fact that Jack Frost almost killed him and his entire family and the whole town. And he's trying to like get back from it. So he's getting away and trying to recuperate from here. Jack finds his way over. Right. And he kills multiple people in hilarious fashion. He kills one woman by dropping in an, uh, it was an ice anvil on her head. He initially yeah. tried killing her with icicles, like stabbing yeah. through her body, but the ice anvil went through instead. And cause he's like, screw this. I'm done playing around. And he just ends up, like crushing her um he kills another woman by stabbing her in the eyes with uh tongs which was not very snowman but I, I i guess it was funny uh i forgot he killed the third woman in that though because there's three women on the beach i forgot he killed the third there's the one that was by the coal one with the tongs and there was one more anyways each death is more hilarious than the first and it just keeps on getting more escalated at some point, they're like, look, get the antifreeze and we'll get him. So they shoot him with the antifreeze. And when they shoot him with the antifreeze, he starts vomiting up 
little baby snowballs. And so that creates little baby Jack Frost all over the place. Like the, they're like little uh they're like little uh pet toys or whatever, but they're just like snowballs that are running around. And they're deadly and killer too, and like they bite people's fingers off and bite people's faces off, and they're horrifying. And then uh one person throws a, a drink on one of them and they explode and they go, what was in the drink? And they thought it was the alcohol. But then because uh, the sheriff and Jack Frost, when before Jack Frost died, sheriff was bleeding and his blood went into the snowman. His DNA got spliced with him. And the sheriff is allergic to bananas. And that was also in the drink. And so they decided, let's make a banana slurry and kill all these guys. And so they kill all the little guys by throwing bananas on them. And uh, then Jack gets upset and wants to fight at the end. And then uh, the sheriff shoots him in the heart with a banana arrow. Yes, a banana arrow. So then he explodes and it looks like the end of Ghostbusters because there's like stuff all over the place. And uh, that's pretty much it. It's just basically a, a slurry of swearing, boobs, and unique deaths. A woman dies by going skinny dipping in a pool and then he freezes the top of the ice and he's got a bunch of like really funny one-liners um there's a guy called captain fun uh that's really fun actually and uh, he tries his best to make sure everybody's in a good mood um and his way of trying to deceive uh, uh jack frost is to uh have a costume party and he dresses up like a, a skier who has a like sunburn from the the ice um I'm trying to think what else was unique uh trying to think uh at some point the sheriff starts losing his mind because he sees all of his people all these people dying again so like the the wife takes over becomes like the main uh protagonist of the movie which is interesting i guess it's kind of flipping it on its head but uh of course i don't know if it is because i never saw the first one i was completely lost most of the time but overall what do i think of the movie it's hilarious it's dumb it's stupid but it's also fantastic um there's nothing to be it knows what it is it doesn't take itself seriously at all it's a silly dumb uh snowman horror movie and like the snowman looks adorable like he doesn't even look he's made of like fur he looks like a a furry he doesn't look menacing at all they try to make him look mean but he's not like it's just a funny silly movie so i enjoyed it i watched the whole thing i I took a i watched half of it last night and i watched the other half this morning um but like it's just a silly, dumb slasher fic. And uh, I thought it was a really, really fun little treat. And I appreciate it because clearly it was made to uh, lift my spirits post the loss of my boy, Big P. One up to you, buddy. Um, and it made me feel a lot better. It was a fun little movie. So, yeah, that's Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Snowman. So, yeah. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack gouged out eyes with candlesticks. That's good stuff. Lines. It's good I stuff. Like, I also like when he pops up at the end as they're like the, the married couple were, were talking to each other. He's like, I now pronounce you totally fucking dead. You're not dead. That's dumb. They might be freezing to death and they walk in the freezer for a while. That's good. Yeah, it's a, such a dumb movie. Oh my God. All well, right, like, you ready? You know what you're getting into. So, like, it's I would funny. hope so. Yeah, like if you stumble across this accidentally, maybe, but like if you seek this out, which is on Amazon, uh, Amazon video. Uh, and by the way, when you look this up on Amazon video, there is a plethora of winners that go along with it towards the bottom. Like when you like movies that are like this, there's like Santa's some sleigh. Of the, 
yeah there was also one with like a like someone in a big old like bunny costume i can't remember the name of it too oh that looks terrible oh my god it looks bad but it looks like it's like evil easter bunny but like the box art looks like something i made in middle school it's so bad it's so funny though but yeah like there's a lot of real good winners that are like associated with this so it's a good good christmas time stuff so yeah 20 percent chance of frostbite and 100 percent chance of death <laughs> so anyway you ready for the quiz yeah right all right so question number one what tragic thing did colonel hickering have to do back in india he mentioned this when they uh discovered one of the bodies uh, in the morning uh, Colonel Hickering was a guy in like the weird. Yeah, he mentioned it like English. six times since being in yeah. India. Um, There's one very oh, specific sorry. tragic thing he had to do uh, that he was forced to do, and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty brutal. It was right at did that he, moment. Did he have to like? I don't think it was brutal. Then did he have to like clean the toilets or something? I don't know. No, 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 no. He had to saw his best friend's leg off with a broken teacup. Oh, yeah, he made a teacup. And then had to use it as a weapon. I remember that. He saw his friend's leg off with a teacup. Like, oh, my God, this guy's seen some stuff. Holy cow. Yeah. How long would that have taken? Oh, my God. (laughs) As a porcelain? My God. Yeah, and then he used it as a weapon. So he's, 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 what I want to know is like, did he sell his best friend's leg off because his best friend's leg was like needed to be cut off? Or is it just because he needed a weapon? And so he's like, well, I got a weapon. So I'm just going to cut this guy's leg off. And was his friend alive was, still? He did yeah. some. Yeah. We yeah. I mean, need yeah. some more details there, Colonel. He needs more, more details. I've right. seen some stuff. So you mentioned the photographer. Uh, so question <laughs> number two. You talked about a lot about how a lot of people died. Uh, specifically, I wanted to talk about the Sarah and her photographer. Sarah's name and model. How did she and her photographer die? Please be as specific as possible. Well, he 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 hid as a piece of ice, and when she needed to get her nipples harder for the photography, he hid as a piece of ice. And when she she rubbed her nipples with them, and he was all about it. And then when she was thirsty afterwards she then I like said, how hang on, hang on that was totally even an unnecessary detail for how she died but go ahead. no it's all a part of it so he's still <laughs> ice right and okay. she she needed a drink so she like drinks him and like puts him in her mouth and she's all sexual about it for no i've never seen anyone eat a piece of ice like that in my entire life that's and then that's how i eat sandwiches personally my god yeah is that why melissa fell in love with you is because of your eating habits like oh my this yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah so then she he gets tired of her messing with him because he like he like she like bites into him and then he just makes her head explode and i don't know how that happens and then the photographer he stabs him in the eye with a carrot okay He's he's murdering him and like as he's murdering him he's taking photos even though it wasn't a Polaroid, those photos were coming out perfectly. Anyways, and at the end of all the photos, it looks like he stabs him in the eye with a carrot. I think that's what happened. Is that what it is? Yeah, you got you got two of the four components, so you're gonna get half. Okay, all right. I missed so, two important things clearly. So Sarah's head. To, well, one of them is incredibly important because uh, Sarah was drinking iced coffee that must have oh, been okay. yeah, yeah, decapitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the because Justin laughed on my joke. The coffee must have been 
decapitated. Because it's supposed to be decaphenated. It's yeah. decapitated. I totally so forgot that. There's that. Yeah. And then uh, also in the photo- in the in the photograph, not only was he he getting stabbed in the eye, but he was also getting strangled, with, which I couldn't tell if it was by the scarf or by like a cord or something like that. But he was also I think it was strangled. the scarf from him yeah. being a snowman. So yeah. That would make the most sense. So okay. Question number three. I'll take the half. That's all right. Yeah. yeah I think it's fair. All right. Question number three is another another Colonel Hickering question. Uh, all the stories like are so sad. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Uh, so, in the movie, he and his Jamaican sidekick or whatever, uh, what ideas uh, did Colonel Hickering have for all of the dead bodies? Because <laughs> the guy was going to say, oh, we're going to open up tomorrow. It'll be fine. And then, like, the, his, his sidekick was like, how do you explain all the dead bodies? And then Colonel Hickering had a couple ideas. Oh, I don't remember this at all. This is at the end. This is towards the end. This is maybe 15 minutes from the end. Yeah. I don't remember because he dies from a giant icicle through the back of his head. They die very, very shortly there. That was the scene he died. Like that was like seconds. I can't remember. Is he going to say that the party parties get out of hand? Is that what it was? There were two. There were two. There were two ideas that he posited. Like, so his first one, he said food poisoning. (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> that makes people's heads explode people's heads were exploded they were impaled they were folded in upon themselves uh and then he was like no that doesn't make any sense and then he says uh let's just say that the plane arrived and there was no one on board <laughs> that doesn't make sense either oh. and then he gets killed yeah so oh god that guy best uh he was the best there's a lot of good deaths his death was pretty good because like the it just like stabbed him up through, through his, his mouth. It was his, weird. Yeah, mouth. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't so question number four then this is a follow-up question to that. So let's say you were in the movie and you were his sidekick and you needed to provide a better excuse for why all these dead bodies were all over the place in this resort. What would that excuse be? Oh my, that's really put me on the spot. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it is a, a couple's exercise um, to try and boost and enhance relationships. And um, it's just part of the whole thing. So these dead bodies are helped to kind of uh, bring couples together, specifically the only four people that are left alive on the on the island. So it was a couple's exercise, and this is all just makeup. It's makeup and uh, corn syrup and fake blood. And it's okay. It's none of this really happened. It's all fine. That'd be my so way. It's basically like couples retreat with Vince Vaughn just gone horribly. horribly. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a, that's a good answer. It's a good answer. Okay, so all right, all right, all right sweet. All right. Okay, question number five: What should the setting be for Jack Frost three? Space. Oh my god, I even wrote it. I'm gonna freaking screenshot this and send it to you. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. Where else do you go? Where but else did you go? I'm copy pasting this into the Discord channel so you can see like, <laughs> this is exactly what I wrote. Question number five What should the setting be for Jack Frost 3? Question mark space. That's, just, that's 100% correct answer. That's 100% correct answer. There's no other Where way. Where else did you go? There's only one way but up. As it must, as it pains me to give you credit, uh, I'm gonna have to go ahead and give you credit for that one. Uh, all right, so all this right. review, you got the first one wrong. It was a teacup one. Second one, you got half credit. 
missed the third one, got the fourth one and fifth one right. So that's 2.5 for you. This is a rare moment where I beat you because I have. This is a very questions. rare, very rare indeed. Terrible very... questions I gave you. That's the main reason why. I feel like the podcast uh, is over now. There's really no need to. to it's been going. great. It's been a good time. Hey, um, great. Good time. It's been a, it's been a time. Been, uh, yeah, so. it's been. Yeah, it's been a duration. Things have happened in mm-hmm. the span of of minutes sure. and hours. So, yeah, we've done things, and they've been done. All right, you ready for new quizzes? I took time to really look oh. for this one, so Great. I'm really excited for this one. So I am Great. ready. Yes. Okay. What do you got? So one of our first ones that we went through. Um, this was a suggestion by one of my friends a while back. And you mentioned a while oh, back too that there's right, there's yeah that's that's the hole in the story, uh, but it was also mentioned when we when you watched the first time that there's many many sequels to it. So I would like you to watch the sequel to Mythica, all right? But you're gonna watch Mythica five, all okay? Because right? so, I have watched the first three. You have so yeah, you I, I went back and watched. Yeah, I went back and watched <laughs> the second and third. Okay. So, I yeah. thought I was gonna throw a curveball at you and be like, how am I gonna tell? I'm gonna go from one to five. I felt kind of bad. I felt kind of bad for trashing it because it was basically like a D and D campaign. So I was watching so a little bit it, of it, it you know, used to help it out. Okay, so you're gonna yeah, so the other choice it, I had I was okay. another choice, but I, I last time I did a movie like this, you said enough Russian movies, so I didn't want to do it. But you know that I'm Russian done. I'm done. Ever since the sniffer, I'm done with anything <laughs> Ukrainian, Russian, or anything. I'm done with it. I refuse. But there's that Russian Avengers movie called The Guardians that it was like on the internet that long ago. Is it like the Protector, isn't there like the, the Protector? The oh no, that's Turkish. There's a Turkish yeah. movie. On there's the Guardians, which show. has like a, a bear man and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this looks great, but it's Russian. And you said no more Russian movies, so yeah, I decided I'm done. against that. I need a break after the sniffer. I'm just done with all. Like, like, I just classic. refuse. Refuse. All right. So you got okay. Mythica Five. Okay, Justin, I need you to hop up on Netflix and you're going to watch a movie with a wonderful cast. I'm going to tell you the cast. It's got Michael Shannon in it. He's the lead. It's got Judy Greer. I, I, I like Michael Shannon. Maybe too. It's got Judy Greer. I love Judy Greer. It's fantastic. Uh, she's uh, she's a voice of, uh, of uh, uh, Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl and, uh, and Archer. Uh, it's got Ron Perlman, Hellboy. Uh, it's got Christina Hendricks from, uh, from Mad Men. And it's got two of my favorites of all time, Thomas Lennon, you know who Thomas Lennon is. I love Thomas Lennon. He's Reno, great. Uh, Reno nine one one, and it also has uh, Ian McShane from Deadwood, man who I think popularized repopularized the the c word again. Uh, so anyway, did it ever really go away though? I did. did. It did a little bit. It did a little bit, but then I think he brought it back. Um, okay, now the movie is called Pottersville. There's another Christmas movie where Michael Shannon puts on a gorilla costume. And gets mistaken for Bigfoot. Enjoy. What? Enjoy. You named such a fantastic cast of individuals. I know, right? Isn't that cast amazing? And then you hear the plot, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It's not a, it's watch watch yeah. if you like Uncle Nick or Han- uh, so this is really good. Uncle Nick was one of my other. I was between Uncle Nick and Pottersville. I went Pottersville. I went Pottersville because I like the cast. This yeah, is ridiculous. These yeah, characters. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. It's gonna be great. I look forward to it. It's gonna be wonderful. It looks like it'll be funny at least. So it will be. It will be. All right, maybe. Pottersville. Listen, maybe or might be just terrible. So. It could be terrible. Who knows? Who knows? All right. All right. I hear the music. So it's time for us to shut this sucker down. 
So, if you uh, if you would be so inclined to hop on the old interwebs, find us at uh, lollygaggerco.com, or you can catch me on Twitter at lollygaggerco. Uh, Justin, as we've mentioned, does a bit of the twitching. You can call him a cam guy if you want. Uh, Justin, what is your Twitch channel? You can see me on twitch.tv slash jehufa, or uh, I've been doing guest spots on Pornhub. So I got that too. So, uh, what? yeah. What? Uh, anyways, so yeah, twitch.tv slash jehufa uh, for my camboy stuff, right? So there you go. And if you're listening to us and you like what you hear, or if even if you don't like it, honestly, uh, could you? Let me go ahead, just leave us a little review, a little like, a little, little subscribe. Little, Let little us know other. how we can make this this. Right, and assume that we already know that Justin probably shouldn't be on the show anymore. But we really can't work. I out want that. every other suggestion, right. but get Gabe on here. But now, yeah. right, exactly. Anyway, have a good night, everybody. See you.